I'm Nikki. And I'm Kirtana. And you're listening to The Chat Room. I can star in a film White love interests are boring By ticks opening weekend So executives can see A diverse film To prove Asian box office clout No one to tell us no Or cask our jokes I don't know about you, but I never get tired of hearing that song. It's just always so accurate. It's such a good reminder to the world. (laughs) Yeah, and just funny. It's literally a PSA. It is actually a PSA of what the problems are in our industry. (laughs) But this week, we have the wonderful Sujatha Day and Rathias Rajan, two people who are just so beloved by our South Asian entertainment community. And when we were going to have them on, I really thought this episode was just going to be so funny, joke after joke after joke, because these two are a riot. But it it turned out to be more of just a very, very inspiring conversation, which I wasn't expecting. No, I'm with you. I'm pleasantly surprised at how funny, but also very motivating it was, for sure. Yeah. On the acting side of things, Sajatha is most well-known for her roles in Issa Rae's Awkward Black Girl and continuing that work with Issa on a little show called Insecure. Ever heard of it? No, what what channel is that on? Uh, we'll talk offline. Don't worry about it. Okay. I- I'll fill you in. It's okay. <laughs> but the girl also wears all the hats. Her film, Definition Please, is set to premiere at the 2020 Bentonville Film Festival. This is the first feature in which she wrote, directed, produced, and stars. I lost my breath, literally almost saying all of that. I wouldn't be surprised if she did like 28 other jobs on it too. Crafty, grip, best boy accountant you get the picture i think we can cross craft yeah that was probably her mom (laughs) that's true that's true but she had to provide her mom to help with crafty right that's also true i give her credit yeah ritesh plays sujatha's brother in definition please but also has a pretty prolific acting career himself he was in disney's live action jungle book freeform's stitchers netflix's russian doll and hulu's doll face just to name a few wow i'm also out of breath reading his (laughs) all of that is true but do not forget he also plays ken on barbie dreamhouse adventures oh my god that's the ultimate boundary being broken is playing ken on barbie dreamhouse actually though absolutely But on a more serious note, I just want to reiterate what I found so special about Sujin Tesh was really their attitude towards art and performance. When you talk to them, it's so clear that when when one door closes for them, they're like, well, screw that house. We're going to build another one. So oddly specific, but also entirely accurate. But what I personally loved was how much insight Sujatha was able to provide on what it means to self-finance a film or submit to film festivals. And most importantly, what it really means to take a chance on yourself Mm -hmm. for anyone who really wants to make or maybe has already made their own content and doesn't know how to get it out there. Hearing her journey is such a huge motivator. We're pretty confident to say you guys are going to enjoy this one. Yay. I did a COVID test the other day and I was waiting and there were only two cars in front of me. 
Uh-huh. I watched entire Halloween Town 2 Revenge of Calabar in <laughs> my car waiting to get tested. It's been wow. an hour and a half. And that was the only movie I had downloaded on my phone. I don't know why. And then everyone like honks at you for taking too long. This lady in the back was like, hurry up. She walked back to her car and got into her passenger. Seat. You should have. Yeah, you should have given her the movie. Yeah. <laughs> just airdrop it to her and be like, you're welcome. Oh Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys. Uh, well, uh, well, let's just jump right in, I guess. Thank you, guys. I guess. Both. So enthusiastic. I guess. <laughs> we love you, guys. Right, let, me, let me start again. Let me start again. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, we're all friends and we love you guys and we think you're just the best. So we're happy to, to be able to talk to you guys about everything you guys have been doing and definitely about the new film, which we're very excited to see. Before we get into the nitty gritty of Definition Please, we first really quick just want to ask how you both found yourself in the industry. Was there anything in particular as you were growing up that made you feel like, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. Was it just a gradual thing? How, how did that work for both of you? Just real quick. I would say that moment was when I started doing musicals in middle school, high school, and I was cast as a young miss in Showboat. Um, nice. So, so very great, <laughs> very great ensemble role, not a lead at all. And um, I had one line. And every night that I went on, my one line got a laugh. And that was it. I was like, oh, I'm going to like chase that laugh for the rest of my life. And, <laughs> and, and it was actually really exciting because my parents have always been supportive and my mom and my dad were in the audience every single night and they brought me flowers. So I think that was definitely the moment where I was like, I'm going to do this no matter what. I was in the middle school play Rats. I also had one line. I chickened out, didn't say it. And then the girl sitting next to me said it for me. Did you say Rats? Yes, Rats. Rats the musical. The Pied Piper musical. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard of that show. Yeah. At first I was like, did you just typo yourself? Like, did you just, did you mean cats? That's what I thought. Like, nope, nope. It was Rats. It was Rats. That was the start and end of my theater career. So, yeah. <laughs> it's good you discovered that early. It, it's true. Yeah, yeah, you're very right. <laughs> You know, for me, it kind of was very similar, kind of young age, was was involved with the school productions. And in second grade, we did a production of uh, Magic School Bus. And I and I played, of course, I played the scientist that has to explain the red spot on Jupiter. It was about the solar system. But we, we got to sing. And I just remember being like, oh, this is something that I'm pretty good at. Obviously, being the smallest Indian kid in the class, the only Indian kid, and just you know, just being tiny and afraid of everything and discovering something that I was good at. And I just pursued it. It kind of just took off from there. And both my parents are doctors. So I just thought I was predestined to be a doctor. Well, your first thing was kind of science adjacent, like you were in a exactly. solar, system, solar system play type situation. It's a good transition in for sure. Yeah, it was kind of my, I didn't know it at the time, but I was like, oh, if I can just play a scientist on TV, they'll think I'm a scientist. <laughs> I think that's how it works. Well, and picking up on something that you just said, Ritesh, where you guys were both growing up, was that 
something that was the same for both of you? Did you did you find that you were kind of the only Asian or South Asian that was interested in in getting into the arts at a young age? You know, for me, it was interesting because obviously all of the my my immediate group of friends, there weren't any South Asians. And in my school, for the most part, in my hometown, Mayapak, New York at the time. There weren't too many Indians, pretty much just me and my sister. And it was, you know, I would hang out with my parents, colleagues, kids, but we were just into different things. You know, they they were into Kumon and I wanted to play video <laughs> game. And it was just, it was just different. And, you know, I was into the arts and they were into chemistry, which is cool, you know, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. But it was really helpful to, for me, having the perspective of both really truly at being American and Indian kind of at the same time. It's what's made me unique and my experience is unique. And I hope to bring that point of view forward, especially with this movie. Yeah, I definitely feel similar to Tesh. I had the best of both worlds growing up. I went to a school that was, you know, a public school, but super white, um, not a lot of diversity at our school, but I was always doing Indian stuff on the weekends. So Every Sunday, I would go to the Espy Temple for Bharatanatyam, and then there were lots of Indian parties in our community, and it was made up of all different kinds of Indians. And every summer, I would also go to Hindu temple camp, and it was a sleepaway camp, and it was awesome. Did you just say Hindu temple camp? Did y'all not go to Hindu temple camp? I'm, I'm really feeling deprived right now. I'm going to have to talk about it in therapy, you guys. Damn. <laughs> I'm going to talk to the people at the temple. I'm just going to air my grievances. <laughs> Honestly, why don't temples have like confession? They'll spill your guts to your parents. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know the priest is coming home and like getting on the phone and yeah, telling him about- all your beans. That dude does not care at all. He's like, no, <laughs> let me tell you how many girls Ritesh has kissed. And guess what? <laughs> All of them are white. <laughs> it would be over. It would be over. Getting into the actual, when, when you actually got into your careers, what are some of the challenges you guys feel like you faced? Did a lot of it have to do with representation or was there a, kind of a mixed grab bag for you guys? Obviously, there's the obvious things of like when you audition and if there's rejections and stuff like that. You know, for me, the audition process, I've been in L.A. for almost 10 years now, coming from New York. And I've seen, for me, the biggest challenges I've faced is always kind of explain to people that not all South Asians are the exact same person. Totally. And there's multiple, multiple, you know, different colors and cultures within the community, just within being Indian, you know? Not every Indian person is a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or a terrorist, or a cab driver. And it's like, I think Americans, not, you know, non-South Asians have this idea of us as a community of being like the masters of the STEM professions, which obviously there's part of that is true. But I think now is a lot of, I think first generation Indian Americans are arising. They have the flexibility and the ability to, to choose professions that maybe our parents couldn't choose, you know, in order to immigrate to this country. I know my parents, yeah. if they wanted to come to America, they either had to be a doctor or an engineer. That was it. They wanted a better yeah. life. They had two choices. And so for me, it was just about, really harnessing what my parents sacrifice and using that to, you know, obviously succeed in a, in an industry that is difficult to 
make a living at, you know, and, and be happy and be balanced and be successful. I feel like my challenges were pretty similar, but I, I've been writing since I was pretty young. So I think it was the writing that I, I took those like negative challenges and made them into something positive. Whereas if you're auditioning for different roles, you know, and going in wearing a hijab or doing an accent or playing a stereotypical Indian character, I was like, well, the only way out of this is to write your own stuff. And right. getting to be a part of Awkward Black Girl, that kind of really sped up my process of writing my own story and putting our stories out there. Do you guys both feel like those are conversations that you've had to have like very bluntly with your raps? When you're navigating starting your career, like how do you navigate when it's appropriate to have those conversations and kind of fight for the progress when you're also still trying to just get a job? I think in the beginning, that's tough. It's tough to say no in the beginning. So you kind of just do the commercial, you do the show, you do the movie. And as long as it's not like, I don't know, offensive, I would be like, okay, yeah, I'll do it, you know? Yeah, I think ultimately it's about, you know, your own self-confidence and your integrity and who you are as an artist and how you want your work to represent you. You know, obviously when you're starting out, you're going to be hungry and you're going to want to do everything. And, you know, I, I had that mentality, that kind of just go-getter. It was dog-eat-dog, dog, you know, there no one's going to be looking out for me. And the one thing that I always say when, when people always ask me, like, what's your advice to early artists? I always say, just cultivate your point of view, you know, whatever craft Mm -hmm. you may be in, writer, actor, singer, dancer, that's what's, what people want is point of view. They want this, the specificity, especially in performance. That's, what's going to make you stand out in an audition is, is being specific. And then, you know, once you get the ability to, to be in more rooms and, and be exposed to more faces, then I think people really then can understand where you lie kind of talent wise. And then they, they kind of give you a better fair gauge. You know, so I always say you just got to put your head down and do the work. But I think you just ultimately have to be true to your, the voice that's inside of you and, and, and be smart and surround yourself with smarter people, surround yourself with a good team, surround yourself with people that are going to push you in the right direction and, and not bring you down. I love that. And I really like that. And this is a great segue into talking about definition, please, is if if you're not finding the role that is speaking to all these things that Tesh is talking about, it's like making that vehicle yourself. That brings us to definition, please. Yay! What is definition, please? Definition, please is where I'm gonna I'm gonna take you way back to kind of take us way back. Yeah, to this to to the germination of the idea. Ooh, good Um, word. That's a good word. (laughs) I am a writer. I am a writer. (laughs) So end of 2016, I did my first Sundance Labs for writing, which was awesome. And so I decided to go to Sundance Film Festival for the first time. And this was early 2017. I went without having any films in the program, but then I'm like, great, I'll go. I'll be inspired by films. I'll do this. I'll do that. And it happened to be that one of my friend, Justin Chan's movie, Gook, was premiering that year. I went to the premiere of Gook and I came out of there and I was like, I have to write my movie. Justin became my first cheerleader. He's a producer on this, on Definition Please. And I started writing Definition Please right after I got back from Sundance that year. Spent the rest of the year fine tuning it and then in 2018, started pitching it out 
to production companies, but, you know, was hitting walls, even though a lot of these contacts at the production companies were my friends. A lot of them didn't want to take on the risk of a first time director and also the subject matter, which was South Asian American family who's going to watch that movie. In the meantime, I went back to Sundance in 2019 just to once again be inspired and and Justin's second movie was at Sundance. And I was like, damn, I got to get on my movie. And then, <laughs> and then the timing was really crazy because when I was at Sundance, I sold a show to a studio. And so I got a huge check for that show. So I was like, I'm going to make my movie and I'm going to make it with my own money. And then I'll get other investors on board and I'll just start shooting it June 1st, regardless of how much money we get. And that was it. It happened. That's amazing. And what is it about? What what made them so scared? Not a lot of people watch independent family dramedies in general. So even mm-hmm. if it's like, let's say a white family, it's still going to have a hard time getting made. I did understand that. So I didn't get super down on myself when people would pass on it. They would respectfully and nicely pass. And, and, and I understood that I had to pretty much make it myself. Definition Please is about a young woman who won the National Spelling Bee at a young age, and now she's in her 20s, and she hasn't achieved anything else in her life. That was the peak of her life. And basically, she still lives at home. She's taking care of her sick mom. And then her brother comes home, who's estranged, and they have to figure out a way to reconcile so that they can take care of their mom together. I Aww. love that. I think that's, that's great. Amazing. Also, how did you get Atesh on board? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I texted him. Be honest with this. What was in your writer for this movie? What did you need? What 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 were your green M and M's that you required? In, I think I, I needed I needed her to pay for all of my 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 expenses at Sheets, which I just <laughs> yes. Shout out to shout out to the Schmiskets at Sheets. Yeah, they, oh I, I, no, Sheets wants to sponsor me. Here we go, baby. <laughs> uh, my hotel was right next to the Sheets, so it was my it was my late night go to spot. And by the time we were didn't, done with the movie, the entire staff was like saying goodbye to me. And, <laughs> Wait, so later. are we saying that your sheets can uh, the the amount that you spent at sheets was probably more than you made on the movie? It's it's maybe about the same as <laughs> not equal, but it, that's not what's important. Money is not. Suj <laughs> <laughs> had to specifically look for more financing yeah. to subsidize <laughs> Kesha's sheets addiction. I'm trying to remember, Suj. Where did we meet each other for the first time? We met at the the We Are the Eighth. Oh yeah, with AJ. Yeah, we did a we did a talk back with which was like a South Asian Southeast Asian panel. Yeah, um, and that that night we both told AJ, or I told him. You probably already told him before, but we both had auditioned for Disney Aladdin. Yeah, and then he hit us. AJ hit us up later about singing the whole New World song. The yes, the the parody song. We're gonna have to post that on the on our page. We a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So we, we connected, yeah. So we connected on that panel, and then she asked me. She's like, "Hey, do you want to do this parody?" 
because she knew kind of what my experience was, my audition process was with Aladdin. Yeah, Tesh got pretty far. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we were like, screw it, let's do this parody. It's great. It was hilarious. Suge wrote it, and then AJ was going to play the piano, and we did that. And then she, I know she was telling me about this script that she was writing, you know, about this Indian family from Greensburg, where it's her home hometown, and I was like, that sounds great. You know, I was like, when, you, when you're done, I'd love to read it. She's like, yeah. And then like two weeks later, we went to where? Rock Kitchen? Rock Cent- Kitchen. Century City Mall. She's like, I finished the movie. <laughs> and I want yeah. you to be my brother. Yay. And I so, love that. And, all, and, then I, and I Ritesh read, said, call my people. Don't talk yeah. to me. I said, I read the script, and I was like, call my agents. Maybe they'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> but then but then she said her mom made really great samosas, and I was like, okay. Oh, you were in then. You were we'll done. So- <laughs> yeah, that was a selling point for a lot of the cast and crew. <laughs> but truly, it was more just the opportunity to play a character in a movie that is South Asian forward without – you know, making a big hoopla about the fact that these are Indian people in a movie. You know, I always yeah. feel a lot of time when I see South Asian content, they're leveraging the fact that they're Indian as if it's some mystifying special thing. And yeah, it is to white people, you know, sometimes, but to other Indians, it's not. So sometimes when you see that, you're like, I don't relate to this because this is not actually how Indian people act when they're around Indian people. And so I think, you know, I think as a culture, there's a little bit of an identity search going on, you know, trying to balance the two. And this movie, I think to me, just beautifully laid out a family dramedy about an Indian American family just going through their shit. And that's what I love. And like you have the nuances of what an Indian family does from the food, the cooking, the pujas, all this stuff, you know, the the nuances between the, the brother and the sister and the mother, but it's never explained. It's just life. You know what I mean? So it, it was about the humanity of the story first rather than uh, the culture. You know, the culture is one of the colors, you know, that you can paint with. But it, it really, the foundation was the humanity between these, these relationships is what I found so uh, enticing. I love that. That's awesome. So, so Sujatha, for you, what was it like balancing being a director, an actor, and the writer for this film? How was the balance of, of handling the triple duty so it was quadruple duty because I was also the producer. True. So, yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Working woman. <laughs> it was it was hard and challenging, but the whole way to kind of make that work is be really, really organized and overly prepared. So when the script was done, the script was done. There were no changes made to the script after Sundance in 2019. I was like, this is it. This is the shooting script. Great. So then I could turn turn off my writing brain. And then I got into producer brain, obviously. So producer brain is like, I got to raise money. So calling people, calling people's friends and friends and friends, lots of uh, brown relatives, lots of uh, <laughs> bankers and doctors and dentists and uh, finance peeps. So... Basically, that was a whole job in itself, raising the money. So I focused on that for a while while I was also casting. Casting was uh, actually easier, one of the easier jobs because I didn't have any casting sessions. I just, I know my friends work and I know the level of their work and I trust them to be able to bring it. And so I, I would literally just texted my friends to be in my film. And luckily 
so many people said yes. And so that was, that was really awesome. So then producer brain was like raising money. Um, and then I, I would work on my director brain. Like I would, I would make my, you know, shot list and all of that fun stuff and have meetings with my DP, Brooks Ludwig, who was amazing. He and I went on movie dates and that's really important for a director to go on movie dates with your DP so that, you know, we watched movies that I loved that I was inspired by, like, I don't know, like Monsoon Wedding, like, eighth grade, like skeleton twins. Um, you can count on me. And I'd be like, Oh, I love that shot. I love that they did this and this and this. And then the DPs there. And we're just like exchanging info about, Oh, what do you like? What do you not like? How do you want this to work? Um, and I wanted to, I wanted it to really feel like a slice of life, very Wong Kar Wai. I wanted it handheld. So that, that was kind of the director brain turning on. I think, Pretty much from like two months out to shooting, it was all director brain. And and with my, I guess I'm pretty lucky because with my acting, I'm just like, it is what it is. So I'm not going to like fuss over it. I don't like fuss over what I look like or whatever. As long as the emotion's there, then I'm happy. And I would meet with a lot of the actors beforehand for rehearsal in my apartment in L.A., and a lot of them would come over and we'd do our thing. And when Tesh came over, we were just like, it was just like cold reading the script, right? Yeah. And then he would go like full emotional on, <laughs> you know? And, and I was like, and I'd just be reading it. I'd be like, oh, damn, I got to like bring it. Like this dude is bringing it. Tesh is 100% or no percent, all right? It's well, either 100 or nothing. I was obviously, I was lucky and I was blessed that Suj offered me the role. You know, I felt like, not that I felt like I had something to prove to her, but I wanted to do my part and make sure that she knew that she could trust me. You know, she, she, you know, trust my performance because she she trusted me, you know, to carry this torch for her and tell this story and help her tell the story. And so I I just wanted to make her proud and and make her feel comfortable that her partner, her scene partner, wasn't going to be a total scrub. So just want (laughs) Sujatha, were you proud? Were you proud of him? I was so proud of him. <laughs> yes, yes. It was it was really it was so delightful. Just even when we were on set, it was delightful, you know, waking up every morning and going to set knowing that Tesh and Anna and Jake and Lelaine and everyone else was just going to bring it. I just, they just brought it every single time. We didn't even have time to do a bunch of takes for every scene. So the fact that they brought it was really important to, you know, getting the film finished. I felt really lucky to just go in there. And when we were doing our scenes, I could, I could feel it. I could feel the energy. I could feel the crackle. And, and it was, it was so fun directing. I got to I have to shout out everyone in you know in the crew and and everyone that was behind the scenes because obviously I've I've been on a lot of sets I've been on a lot of different projects from you know no money to infinite money essentially and there wasn't a single issue that ever came to the table that was ever impeding to me or any of the other actors performances in terms of like production headaches and and stuff like that. I mean, you know, uh, on regular TV shows that I've been on as a regular, there's always something that goes wrong. And literally there was nothing that went wrong in the day to day. 
That's really sweet because we were really good at hiding. All yeah, of- <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> After the movie was over, Cam was like, "Dude, I don't know what the hell you're talking about." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were putting out fires left and right, but I didn't want it to affect my actors or their performances. So the exciting thing about Definition Please is that you guys are having your world premiere at Bentonville Film Festival. So exciting. For everyone who's listening, it's uh, August 10th through the 16th, I believe. Is that correct? Is the, yes. is the film festival. I know that one thing, especially for up and coming filmmakers who are creating their own content, a, a huge source of stress and, and, and something that really overwhelms people is the process of submitting their, their content to festivals. So what was that process of submitting to Bentonville and, and any other festival you may have submitted to or um, any of these other programs? Uh, first of all, I l- so excited about Bentonville because they really take projects from female filmmakers. Like that's what Gina Davis's film festival is all about. So I was really excited to be there in 2018 and to return there with my first feature is just such an honor. In terms of like submitting to film festivals in general, I think I learned about it more through submitting Cowboy and Indian, my short film back in 2017. And and I kind of submitted everywhere. You submit to, I, I think I submitted to like 150 film festivals. Um, and I think what's really important in terms of submitting is know beforehand that film festival submissions cost money. So put that into your budget. That's a good, that's a super good point. Yeah. So that's what I did with my short. And then my short got into about 15 film festivals. And for my feature, the first thing I did was reach out to the festivals that played my short because they will always be more receptive when you're an alumni of the film festival. So so that's that's kind of a piece of advice in terms of like, yeah, go ahead and make your short film. And then in like two or three years, make your feature. And hopefully, you know, it goes and plays at the same festivals. Well, and uh, switching gears for a second, uh, one of the things I just want to give a, a shout out to Sajatha about is your video series with LeVar Burton is just... Oh my God. It's such a beautiful, super important series of work that you got to do and... To work with LeVar Burton, of all people. Hello, childhood. The five-year-old in me yeah. lost her shit when I saw you post about that. I was like, are you kidding me? You did something with the LeVar Burton? That's crazy. I genuinely yeah. did like a triple take. I was like, wait, no, wait, but wait. <laughs> he looks amazing, <laughs> he by looks the way. So good. Yeah. I, I mean, that was so special to do This Is My Story with LeVar. We, I have a standing brunch that I go to every Sunday called Blurred Brunch. And a lot of the participants in Blurred Brunch are actually associate producers of the film, like Yvette Nicole Brown and Malcolm Barrett, Eugene Bird. And LeVar was a part of this group. And I initially asked him to be in Definition Please, and he makes a cameo. And it's really, really special and lovely. And then we got together with him because he wanted to do something about race in America. And I was so down for it. So we filmed This Is My Story last November and we started releasing the episodes over Christmas and New Year's. And then, of course, the episodes are timely, which is really unfortunate. 
so they they kind of keep coming back into the national conversation on race. And speaking of uh, black and brown characters being in spaces that we don't usually expect to see black and brown characters, Ritesh, you are Ken. Hi guys, it's Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and for those listening, yes, I mean Ken as in Ken Barbie. <laughs> the whitest, blondest toy around is actually Ritesh. Ken Carson. I think his last name is Carson. I got to double check. Is it really Ken Carson? Wait, what? Barbie Roberts and Ken Carson. Barbie Roberts? Barbie's last name is Roberts? No way. I thought he was like Cher. Like, it's just Barbie. Your opinion is so strong, you're making me doubt myself. I don't even- I never knew their last names. Yeah, I thought it was like Madonna. Uh, you've blown my mind. I, I, I just thought Barbie wore the pants in the relationship, and it was Barbie and then Ken Barbie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, it's Carson. I just double-checked. I'm checking my sources. You know, I don't want to go out to the public and be wrong. Ken Carson and Barbie Roberts, for sure. Oh so God, they I have hate that part. last name for Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this version of the cartoon is the first time that you actually see Barbie's parents as well. So there's you a lot of... Barbie's parents? Of oh my God, I need to watch them. this after we get off. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's a whole, the cartoon's about like the whole family and their group of friends and all the sisters. <laughs> It's a great, great, great cartoon. It's great for the you know the young ones, and obviously the adults can watch with the with the kids and and have a good time. Well, but, and um, sh- and shout out to Ritesh for the 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 Bangra episode is just <laughs> a plus. And assuming Barbie Bangra is like a plus. Yeah, that's they actually do this little bit on you know the Barbie YouTube channel where Barbie is a vlogger. Um, oh so my it's God. very kind of meta you know so they do these videos and she's blocking and so this video was about how ken was gonna teach her how to dance because in the show ken is the high school mascot he's a large chicken <laughs> so, oh this just gets better and better and he like dances at halftime so they were like hey tesh you dance and i was like yeah and i was like you want to do hip-hop and they were like yeah and i was like you know i could also do bungra because i used to you know i used to teach zumba back in the day when i wasn't acting full-time to pay the bills so i I was teaching bungra and bollywood dance to other zumba instructors and i was traveling all over the the world actually to do that so i was like guys i can do some bungra and they were obviously like what's that and so then i showed them and they were like we want that right (laughs) you know did the motion capture and and it's really weird when you see it for the people who personally know me they're like dude he moves exactly like you that's awesome so what you're telling us is Ritesh you are Andy Serkis is what you're telling us (laughs) you know I I wouldn't go that far but I will say (laughs) I've done some motion capture uh, a lot of motion capture actually with Jungle Book had a great experience there with John right. Favreau and Bill Pope and Rob Legato. And, and those guys are obviously pioneers in that space. And, you know, so to be able to, to harness that experience for something like this was pretty unique and amazing. But, you know, playing Ken is, it, it's one of those things where I, I feel super, super blessed. I feel super grateful. And, but at the same time, I feel like I have a lot of responsibility Obviously, the show's for kids, so I want to be able to educate that audience about other cultures and and doing the right thing and and treating others with respect and, you know, those things that I think need to be instilled in in the next generation so the world can be a better place, you know, because right now, obviously, things are very, very hectic, so. (laughs) Hectic is a way of putting it. Just a little bit, yeah. (laughs) You know, undescribe it. 
underestimate what's happening um at least but and then what's it like to switch gears to go from someone like ken to then just being in a show like russian doll or even dollface it's such a sophisticated way of storytelling i mean your range is just incredible (laughs) i i just chalk it up to the fact that i'll only book jobs that have something to do with doll or like clearly (laughs) face doll house baby doll like doll girl i don't know you know who knows Definition uh, please is actually being turned into doll please, just so that Rithi should be please. a part of it. What they didn't tell you is that there's actually action figures of every single spelling bee winner from the, the beginning of time till now. Okay, um, if that were true, that'd be amazing because there'd be like twenty something Indian action figures. It would be That's more than true. that. It would be <laughs> incredible. Just last year, wasn't it like an eight way tie or something? Yeah, it was like yeah, and seven of the eight were South Asian. Exactly. Yeah. It was hilarious because I actually was in the hotel in Greensburg watching the finals and <laughs> and texting Suge photos from my television screen because she's still on set. And I'm like, you'll never believe this, but seven Indians just tied. <laughs> <laughs> it's, incre- it's incredible. You guys, I, for, any, for people listening, the script Spelling Bee is just the greatest, most incredible feat of athleticism. Like, I love watching it every single year i literally live tweet it for the brown girl twitter account like we it is it is my event of the year i love it so much you want to be in spelling bee oh gosh let's go let's go let's go like i'm like oh no I don't, did I don't you guys ever that. train for it did you did you ever try because i know i remember yeah. i tried and then i got i spelled because wrong on a spelling test and i was like all right this is over <laughs> How'd you spell it? Well, now I have a song for it, B-E-C-A-U-S-E. And I think I switched like <laughs> two of the letters Wait, around. <laughs> was that your song? That was the song. It's like a little bounce around. That wasn't really a song. Yeah, that was just <laughs> it, had, it had some like, listen, we're not all Ken Carson or Ken Barbie. <laughs> Ken Carson <laughs> does not sound right. Ken it Carson. sounds like Ken Carson, you guys, and I don't like that. I don't it like it. I don't like it at Carson. all. It's Definitely, true. I won my class spelling bee in fourth grade, and then I went to regionals, and this was without any kind of training whatsoever. Oh my and, god! And I went to regionals, but I got out in the first round on the word radish, and I spelled radish with two D's instead of one. Like the vegetable? How dare you? Yeah, it was it was pretty devastating. How old were you? Fourth grade. Yeah, I think my parents knew that I was going to be a lost cause and never put me in any academic competition of any nature. So <laughs> that's why I'm an artist. <laughs> what's what's a piece of advice that you would give someone listening today who wants to be in entertainment? Um, I know, Suj, you, you, you've given a little of advice on film festival submission, which is super helpful. But just in terms of something that you think is is really important for up-and-comers to really know, having worked in this industry for a while now. Yeah, I would say let go of perfection. Something that I've come across is that people are writing their scripts and they're shooting their stuff and they never want to release it out into the world. And it's really important to put stuff out there and make mistakes and learn from your mistakes. For example, Awkward Black Girl was Issa's third web series. And it took her a while to get to Awkward Black Girl. And even if you watch the first two episodes of Awkward Black Girl on YouTube, they don't have like the best production quality. But you can see that there's a smidge of a story there that's really interesting. So what I would tell people is let go of perfection in your art and just allow it to be put out there. 
You know, my, mine is, is it's kind of in the same vein. I think, you know, coming from the acting perspective, you know, acting is, is about emotional truth. And for me, emotional truth is vulnerability. I think just kind of as an artist, sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable. And especially kind of with the South Asian background, where being vulnerable can sometimes be seen as weakness and being able to communicate is, is difficult sometimes. I find that if you're an emerging artist, you just have to let go of that fear because you don't want to be, you know, if there's another Indian actor who's like, oh, I, I look up to, you know, so-and-so, or I look up to Ritesh, I look up to Dev Patel, or I look up to Riz Ahmed, and, you know, you don't want to be them. You're you, right? So right, right. you want, you need to tap into what makes you, you. Obviously study the craft and do that work. And sometimes that means staying in on Fridays and Saturdays and not hanging out with your friends and putting in the time to really examine how you can improve in doing the work. The point is that every day you should hopefully be getting a little bit better. You know, 1% every day, every day, every day, every day. And hopefully you put that on screen or on the page or on the dance floor or in the in the stage, you know? So that's what I tell people, especially South Asians. Oh my God, screw the newbies. I feel like I need to hear that this week. Thank you both <laughs> yeah. you Hard, for all that advice. <laughs> Hard retweet on all of that. I love it very much. You guys, we, we just, we love talking to you guys, not just because you're our friends and, and we just think the world of you, but also because everything that you guys have done in your careers is really just a, a lovely place to look and go, you know, these two people are doing it on their own merit and, and they're being authentically themselves. It's just one of the best things about you guys. So thank you for talking to us today. Thank you guys so much for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Nikki, you got anything else to add? Let me think. <laughs> oh, I do have one thing to add. Actually, I just want to remind everyone that we are all part of a community. Like Sujata made this movie with people she trusts and respects and she knows because they're, you know, all connected in some way. And how did they connect it? They met each other at a panel. Just go meet new people. Like just go to everything and just be a part of every Zoom. I mean, now there aren't really a lot of things going on because of COVID, but be a part of every Zoom panel, be a part of every Zoom Q&A. There's a reason that Kirsten and I bring people on the show that we know, and it's because we're all a community and we have to stick together and make our art together. Absolutely. And good advice. Good advice. We need to support, we need to support each other, you know? For sure. If we don't support each other, you know, I don't know if we can convince other people to support us. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Finger snaps. <laughs> The Chat Room is hosted by me, Nikita Manin, and me, Kirtana Sastri, in partnership with Brown Girl Magazine. Consulting producers are Pallavi Sastri and Nihar Sinha. All podcast artwork is created by Ashwarya Sukesh, and opening music is by Sridhar Bhamani Party. Special thanks to Trisha Sukujawalia. Please subscribe to The Chat Room on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>